Hi, this is the Cancer Liberation Project podcast. If you've been touched by cancer and have some fear around remaining healthy, you are in the right place. As a 20-year-plus cancer survivor, Haley knows how unsettling it can be to not only hear the words, you have cancer, but also the uncertainty and fear that comes when you have been declared cancer-free. The Cancer Liberation Project was born out of Haley's desire to make cancer less scary for people, to give people hope that they can not only heal from cancer, but live their best, most vibrant life after cancer. Get ready to be inspired with your host, Haley Dubin. Hi, and welcome to the Cancer Liberation Project. Today, I sit down with Melissa Dealey. Melissa is an integrative mind-body health practitioner, also trained in NLP, timeline therapy, and a hypnotherapy teacher. She's dedicated to helping her clients discover the root cause of their health issue and truly heal while detoxing their physical, mental, and emotional bodies. Melissa's business is 100% virtual, and she works with the entire English-speaking world. Melissa is an international speaker, three-time best-selling author, and host of the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I look forward to sharing my conversation with Melissa, but before I do, just a couple things to mention. First, a reminder to head over to my website at revivewellness.com to get your free seven top tips to keep cancer away and feel confident in your body again. That's R-E-V-I-V-E wellness.com. And second, I want to take a moment to thank the Carl Felt Center, who makes the show possible. Hi, Melissa. Welcome to the Cancer Liberation Project. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Thank you so much, Haley. I am excited to be here. Well, first, I would just love to hear what got you into the health space. So there was a few things that got me into the health space. Ten years ago, I actually went to see my cancer specialist. And I have very fair skin, if anybody's seeing on video. And uh, I was born in Australia. And so the sun in Australia isn't good for fair skin. So I now live in Canada. However, when I got to Canada, they looked at my skin and went, you need to have annual checkups. Great. Very happy to do that. So I went to see him and I had this little mole on my elbow. And I said, this is doing some strange things. It's like a mole growing on a mole. Maybe you should check this one out. And, uh, and he did. And he said, you know, I have this new equipment in my office. Do you mind if we test it? Because we're trying to see if we can put this into the offices of GPs in order to diagnose cancer more quickly and more easily in our GP offices. So I said, sure. So we scanned that and it came back saying that it was nothing. And he goes, now we have to do a biopsy so we can test it. So I did the biopsy and I'm not going to get into that whole story right now, but guess what? Turns out it was melanoma. So that had me start just thinking about my lifestyle. And as a result, I was, you know, really starting to look at what can I do in order to ensure I remain healthy. And I was still in the corporate world and I didn't know what I know about health today. But one thing that I started from that point was cleansing and trying to help keep my body clean and keep toxins out of my body. But fast forward two years and I was let go from my corporate job with an hour to clear out my desk, no word of thanks when Big Fish bought Little Fish. And I'd worked there for 24 years. So that hurt. And in that moment, I knew three things. I was never going to work for someone else again. Whatever I did next needed to be more of service to humanity and the planet. And that I had no idea what that was going to be. And so because I'd been there 24 years, I did get a package. So I was able to give myself some time to really go inside and figure out what is it that I want to do and just look at completely different opportunities. I saw this as a way to have a whole completely different career for the second half of my life. And 
I, did, I really didn't know what that would be. But later that year, I was introduced to a company that specialized in brain supplementation. And I thought, well, that's interesting because nobody's ever told me that I can do more to support the health of my brain. And I know I use it 24 seven. And I also know we have near epidemic levels of Alzheimer's and dementia. And over here though, I had a grandmother who at the time was 99 years old, still living at home by herself, fully caring for herself, fully cognitively functioning. And so it kind of made me think, well, I've got good genes, but something made me ask, is that enough? And so then I really started comparing her life to my life. And she was born in little old Christchurch, New Zealand, in the bottom corner of the world in 1916, where they grew all their own food on the property. And, you know, before all the toxins that we have in our world today. And I was raised in Tokyo, Japan in the 1970s with manufacturing plants spewing out toxins into the atmosphere. And where was that? Tokyo, Japan. Tokyo, Japan. Yes. How yes. amazing. It was amazing. I have so many friends that are still there to this day. It was an incredible life to grow up there. However, in that moment, I realized I'm way more toxic than my grandmother ever was. And so if I want to get on her path for that longevity and having her cognitive abilities, you know, right to the end, she later did pass at 101, died in her sleep. I mean, what a beautiful way to go, Right. That's what I want for me. So if I want that for me, what do I need to do to get on her path? What more do I need to do? Because I don't believe just relying on I have good genes is enough, right? You know, my father had passed away from cancer at the age of 40. And so I had those genes, you know, both sides, right? So I wanted to make the most of my grandmother's genes. I knew nothing about epigenetics at the time, but something told me that if I did more, I could right? And uh, shortly after that, um, my oldest daughter got a concussion in her first grade 12 soccer game of the season. And she had been using this brain supplement to help her with focus and attention, etc. during her grade 12 year of school and saying, oh, it really helps me pay attention, particularly in the afternoon, right? And that's what it's meant to do. Keep using it. So she has this concussion. And I'm not working full time. And she, I realized very quickly, doesn't have the cognitive ability to go to the appointments and come home and tell me what she's been told to do to enhance her recovery before the next appointment, right? Because the healing doesn't happen at the appointment. It's what you do between the appointments. Right. And so I would go to the appointments with her. And then I was continuing to learn about the brain and because she'd been already been using this supplement and I realized, you know, when our body is unwell, if we feed it well, it can recover, right? So if our brain is unwell, then if we're giving it good nutrition, it can recover, right? So we kept using that supplement. And then two months later, I got a phone call from the high school while I was driving to Vancouver, asking me to go pick up my younger daughter because she had a suspected concussion from gym class. Oh, no. And in that moment, I literally looked out my windshield across the water and went, really, this is how you show me my path? Stop taking out my children. So now I had two very different concussions was going to all of the appointments and guiding their healing journey and supporting it with really good nutrition for the brain. So the great news is they both fully recovered. And I learned a lot through that process. And what I initially learned was that people need more support on their healing journey. You know, it was great that I wasn't working full-time and could support my daughters, but what if I had been, right? And that the body doesn't heal in a stressed out stage. And so instead of trying to figure it all out on your own, when you're still in that stressed out state, how amazing would it be if you could relax into being guided on your healing journey by someone who knows how to guide you so that you just need to follow the steps. And because you're relaxed in doing that, your body can actually get into a healing state. Intuitively, you just knew this, that this is what someone needs to heal. And you yes. went from there. Yes. All of this was intuitive and then and guided, you know, having both my daughters with concussions really directed my path. Because if it had only been one, it wouldn't have moved me into the path of health and wellness. But with the two very different concussions and the, the time that I spent 
learning with them as they were healing, that really drove me in this, in this path. And it was very much divinely guided. And cause I, I had never thought of health and wellness as a career ever. I tried to be healthy. I knew I had to exercise. I tried to eat healthy food and that was kind of the extent of it, right? And I live in nature. And when I was 21 years old, I made a decision to stay here, even though I'd only come here for one season and I was meant to go off to a banking job in the UK and an internship. I decided that, you know what? I might make less money here, but I will have a healthier life being close to nature, living in the outdoors. It will be less stressful versus I've seen the banker's life in London where it's long hours. You, you know, you're in the office 12 hour days and then you go to the pub and you eat crappy food and you drink beer and then you get up and do it all again the next day. So I knew enough at the age of 21, 22 to choose to stay here in nature and have never regretted that decision. And now in health and wellness, I thank my you know younger self every single day for having, again, intuitively made that decision for me. But it didn't drive me into health and wellness at that point. I got into the corporate world. However, guiding my daughters through in living in a small town, people knew our story. And before long, people were calling me and saying, oh, my son got a concussion. What do I do? My husband has a concussion. What do I do? I have an employee coming back with a concussion. What do I do? And we have a lot of concussion experts in this town. I'm in Whistler. We've got downhill skiing, downhill biking. But I was the only one approaching it from a nutritional point of view and working as a coach versus you know, a physiotherapist, et cetera, et cetera. And so there was a need for that. And I was even checking in with the physios going, are you sure I'm not stepping on your toes? And they're like, we need more help. Like more people need this. And then a holistic clinic opened and I was invited to work in the clinic and there was demand. So I thought, well, yes, I'd like to do that, except that I couldn't get insurance to work there because I didn't have any qualifications at this point. So that led me back to school. And what happened then was, again, another divine gift. I called a friend who was a life coach. And life coach had been floating in the back of my head ever since I'd been let go, but it hadn't landed. And now I thought, okay, I need to go back to school. I need to be a life coach so I can at least get some kind of insurance to work at this clinic, holistic clinic. So I call him and said, you're a life coach. I know you're a great life coach. Where did you do your training? And he just said, you don't need to be a life coach. You need to be a health coach. And I went, what? What's that? Like I had literally never heard of that term before, but that landed. And I was so excited. And I started Googling health coaching schools that night. And I literally within 10 days, I started my health coaching training. And from the moment I got there, A, I knew, oh my goodness, this just brought up so much passion in me. I couldn't learn enough. I couldn't get enough of it. I was just so immediately enamored with all of this information and thinking, I'm in my 40s. How come I don't know this about my own body? And then I went, oh yeah, I've been building a career and being a mom and being a wife and it's not readily available, right? You got to go to school to learn this. It's not taught through our medical system or through our education system. And so I'm not the only one that doesn't know this, even though I think I should, right? So what if I taught this to everybody else and I could get this message out that would you know, help others? And so that's really what led me down this path into health and wellness. And then, of course, the more I learn, the more I realize there is to know. And I just keep adding to my toolbox of tools to work with people as I've realized that we also don't just have one body. We think of our physical body, but then we have our emotional body and our mental body and our spiritual body, which is why when I'm working with people now, I'm addressing all the bodies because that's what it takes for complete healing, as you well know. Yes. Well, I could relate so much because after I was diagnosed with cancer, that's really when I got into health. I mean, I was always exercising and always thought I ate well, but I wanted to change careers after also. And I was looking into life coaching too, which is so interesting. And I stumbled upon the Institute for Integrative Nutrition to be a health coach. So then I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. Uh, so I could just really relate to, to what you're saying. I was in the corporate 
world too. And I was completely stressed out. And so all that. Very similar stories. Yes. Right. Right. But, you know, I heard you say that you are very into detoxing and, and looking at the whole approach, the body, mind, and spirit. And I'd love for you just to give an example of of each one. Like, how do you work with your clients with each one of those? Right. So for detoxing the physical body, that's actually always where we start because we always want to meet the client where they're at. And generally that's where they're ready to start working. And so the detox that I run is it's a three-week program. It's a functional medicine detox, and it's really supporting the body and helping get the toxins out of our body. Because what happens is we live in a toxic world. Just since World War II, we've had 144,000 man-made chemicals introduced into our world. And our human bodies don't adapt that quickly. And so we have these toxins getting in. Our liver is getting bogged down. It's unable to do its job properly. And on top of all of that, we have nutrient depleted soil systems, which means we're missing key nutrients that the liver needs in order to be able to excrete the toxins from our body through our bowels, our skin, our breath, and our urine. And as a result, the liver is like, okay, I can't get them out of the body. I don't want them in our bloodstream and it will store them in our fat closets. So it will store them in women, in our breasts, in everybody, in our brains, and then anywhere else where we carry excess fat on our body. I don't know about you, but I don't want toxins running around in my brain or in my breasts. And again, Hello, Alzheimer's and dementia, MS, Parkinson's, and all the neurological disease we have in the world today. Yes. And hello, breast cancer, right? So yeah, we don't want it running around in our bloodstream, but we don't want it anywhere, right? We need to get these toxins out of our body because they're not doing us any good. And so the functional medicine detox that I do actually gives us in a supplement form, a capsule form the nutrients needed in order to allow the body to release these toxins out and get rid of, which is amazing. So it's a very powerful detox. People notice right away that they're detoxing. I set them up for success. I provide them recipes. It's not a water detox. They do get to eat, but we do have some fasting, uh, delicious meals. But what's happening is we're bringing down the inflammation levels as we're getting rid of the toxins. And then people's aches and pains go away. Their mental clarity improves. Their brain fog goes away. Their sleep improves because the body naturally detoxes overnight. But if it's struggling to detox, it can wake you up. And that's what happens to a lot of people that are waking up between like 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. If that's you, could be because your body's struggling to detox. And that's the hour of the or two hours of the liver. And it can't do its work. And so you're getting woken up. And how long is this detox? It's a 21-day detox. Okay. So that might sound long to a lot of people, but I tell you, everybody that gets to the end of it goes, wow, that was fast. And in the first week, they're starting to notice the benefits. So they're feeling good and they're motivated to keep going, right? There's a little bit of weight loss because those toxins weigh something and we're getting rid of water weight that the body also hasn't been able to excrete. So it's that's what I do for the physical body. And real quick, mm -hmm. have you worked with someone who just had chemotherapy and, and wants to detox? Because mm -hmm. I'm wondering how long should they wait till they're finished with chemotherapy? Um, I know, you know, it's not a great idea to do it during treatment. Yeah. yeah. So I don't work with anybody during treatment on the physical detox. But yes, when they are done that their chemo treatment as soon as they're done, they can start to detox and get that out of their body. Absolutely. Um, and it's a great idea to do that. And I've done that with many people because the chemo and the radiation is a toxin in and of itself, right? So helping the body heal from that, again, allows the gut some more healing, the immune system to heal and rebuild, et cetera. So yes, we I do guide people through post-chemo and radiation treatment. Wonderful. If they're on any other kind of medication after their chemo and radiation, we do have to check for any kind of contraindication. And I actually work with a partner who's a, a concierge pharmacist. Her name's also Melissa, and she will review that with people. So there may be a, you know, that step that some people need to take just because of course, safety first. And even though everything I do is plant-based, 
I want to make sure that there's no contraindication with any medication that somebody might still be on, even though they've completed their chemo and radiation too. So I just want to make that point. Yes, absolutely. When it comes to the mental, emotional detoxing, I use something called timeline therapy for that. And what with timeline therapy, what we're doing is we're going in and we are releasing these seven emotions that we very often hold within our body and therefore within our cells. And that over time also create a toxicity in our body. And they are anger, sadness, hurt, guilt, shame, rage. I think that was all of them. And so this process that I work through with people can take anywhere from, you know, it's probably two to three sessions if we just do that portion of it. And we release all of those toxins and we go in and we release them at the root. And that's why it's called timeline or working with your unconscious mind, which is 90% of your mind. Your conscious mind is 10%. The unconscious mind is the other 90%. And I actually, in session one, educate people about their unconscious mind. So they understand the power of it and how all of this works. And we work with the unconscious mind to go back to the initial anger in our life, the initial sadness, the initial guilt. This all happens zero to six. For some people, it might even be past lifetime or past generation, right? For anyone that doesn't, that thinks, what is this about? Listen to my interview with Dr. Bruce Lipton because it will explain all of this. Yes. And I've listened to that interview and it's a fabulous interview. And so we, we remove that emotion at the root. And then what happens is that removes it from the entire timeline. And it's not to say that you're never going to feel emotions again. No, we want you to feel emotions. Feeling your emotions are healthy, but we want you to feel them and release them as opposed to to feel them and be like, I don't want to feel that. You squash it down. Well, I think that's what a lot of people do, right? A lot of people do that because it's it, absolutely too hard to feel these emotions. They don't want to feel these emotions, but it's so important. Yes. Because our, our cells hold on to these emotions. Exactly. And societally, we have been taught not to feel our emotions, you know, just with things like boys don't cry or, you know, be a big girl or whatever we were told by well-meaning parents. It taught us that we weren't allowed to display our emotions and we had to stuff them down. Yes. And over the course of our lifetime, as I said, the cells remember it all and it becomes toxic. And so part of the healing process is going in and releasing all of that. Then with the mental toxicity, guess what that is? Those are the voices in our head. The 70,000 conversations we have with ourselves each and every day, where if you stop and think about it, does any of it serve you? Are those voices in your head lifting you up and telling you how beautiful you are and how amazing and incredible you are and how you can do anything you want to do and whatever dream you have, you're going to get there? Or are those voices in your head bringing you down? Because for most people, they're bringing you down. And if you're really honest with yourself, if you were to speak out loud to another human being, what you listen to in your head, would that other human being be your friend? (laughs) No is the answer, right? And I was guilty of this as the next person until I learned all of this and created awareness around it. And so when I hear those voices in my head that are tearing me down, I can go, cancel, cancel, cancel. I'm not taking that in. And I replace it with what I want to say to myself and to cheer myself on, right? And so part of the process is, again, also using timeline therapy, we go in and we release the limiting beliefs, which is what we're repeating in our head over and over again. And with this timeline therapy, is it hypnotherapy? It's a form of hypnotherapy. But it isn't hypnotherapy. I I use hypnotherapy as well. And it's not hypnotherapy as people know it. With, uh, With hypnotherapy, there is a formal induction. I'm making sure and testing that they're deep enough in trance before I give the suggestions to the unconscious mind. Those suggestions are always about improving your health, wealth, and happiness, and always about something new, new behavior for you and creating the life that you want. So we use hypnotherapy after we complete the timeline therapy, because with with the timeline therapy, we're removing what no longer serves. And then with the hypnotherapy, now we're implanting what we want. Got it. 
So the two go hand in hand. Timeline therapy, though, it is a form of hypnotherapy. And I say that because it really is using the power of our unconscious mind, which again, I had no idea until I went through all of this training, the power of my unconscious mind and how much more we have access to when we start to understand the tools to use with our unconscious mind. Our school system teaches us the tools for our conscious mind, right? And we're not taught the tools of our unconscious mind. Exactly. And the body is designed to heal itself. And these are powerful tools that we can use to do so because our higher self, so I mentioned before four bodies, we also have three minds, our higher self, our unconscious mind, and our conscious mind. Our unconscious mind can communicate to the higher self, which also will communicate with our spiritual body. Okay. Our unconscious mind communicates with our emotional body. And our unconscious mind can also communicate to our conscious mind, which communicates with our mental body. Our higher self has a blueprint of our perfect health. If we are in a health crisis or struggling with any kind of health issue, when we tap into the power of our unconscious mind, which can communicate with our higher self that has a blueprint for perfect health, we have the ability to heal. And that's so hopeful, right? It is. It really is. And so that's why when we address the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual body, we get lasting healing. And by the time the symptoms show up in the physical body, they've already moved through the spiritual, the emotional, and the mental bodies. And so if we only heal the physical body and we don't address the rest, we can end up back where we were a couple years down the line. But when we heal the physical body and then go back up and heal the other bodies as well, that's when we have the lasting healing. And that's what Bruce Lipton talks about and many others and the book Radical Remission. You know, all of the research that Dr. Kelly Turner did looking at all of these cancer patients that had these radical remissions, there was nine things that they all had in common that they did to varying degrees in their healing journey. And it incorporates all of this plus nutrition, plus exercise, et cetera, et cetera. Right. There's just not one magic bullet. No. And I think that's what people want. You know, they want it to be easy. Yes. And a healing journey is just not. I mean, it's it's amazing because it's transformative. You transform your life, but it takes work. It does. And it's, it is very transformative and it is there for a reason. And it is for you to step into that journey and grow and come out the other side, the person that you were always meant to be. Mm, couldn't agree more. And when people recognize that and step into that and get curious, why is this showing up for me? What am I supposed to do here? Versus just looking for the magic bullet, that you know, one pill that's going to fix me. That's when we get to radical remission. Absolutely. Unfortunately, again, society has trained us and it's big pharma has trained us to believe, you know, there's a pill for every ill. And if we get sick, we just go to the doctor, they give us a pill and they make us better. And I don't buy into that for several reasons. You just have to look at all the chronic illness in the world today to see that that doesn't work. Right. And how many people are struggling with chronic illnesses that have been told here, just take this pill and you need to take it for the rest of your life. Right now, it's four in 10 Americans have more than one chronic illness and six in 10 have one. So 60% of the U.S. has a chronic illness and 40% has more than one. It's horrible. It's a sad state of affairs, given that it's the first world country that has the biggest budget and spend on healthcare. But it's not working because the answer is not a pill for every ill. When we have a symptom, it's our body asking us to do something differently, to pay attention and get curious. It's not cover me up and ignore me, right? But so often we just ignore it. We are taught to push through, to suck it up. We blame it on aging. We blame it on genetics. We blame it on seasonal allergies and we do nothing. Yes. As opposed to why is this symptom? Why do I have this symptom? And what do I need to do about it? And I'm not saying don't work with your doctor. You do want to work with your doctor. You just don't want to give up all your power to your doctor because it's your body. It's your health. You are your own best doctor because you've lived in your body your whole life. So working in tandem with your doctor, going to your doctor and say, this is going on. What could it be? 
And if your doctor, you know, runs all these labs and says, there's nothing wrong with you and it's all in your head, that's when you want to get a second opinion. And maybe you want to go to the holistic side and because our lab testing and things that we look at on the holistic side are completely different to the blood work that your mainstream doctor does. And I'm looking for imbalances in the body. I'm looking for deficiencies in the body. And the labs that I run are very different. I'm looking for heavy metal toxicities. I'm looking for hormonal imbalances. And I'm not just looking at one hormone. I'm looking at all of them, cortisol, all four thyroid markers, et cetera. I'm looking at your inflammatory markers. I'm looking at what's going on inside your gut. Is there bacterial overgrowth, candida overgrowth, parasites, et cetera, et cetera. The tumor is only a symptom of cancer, not the cause. Hello, I'm Dr. Michael Carlfeld. I'm the owner of the Carlfeld Center in Meridian, Idaho. We specialize in cutting edge integrative oncology care, addressing the cause and not just the symptom of cancer. There are 11 factors you need to address when diagnosed with cancer. To learn more of what they are, get my free ebook when you visit thecarfulcenter.com. Along with the ebook, I will email you a free webinar series where world-renowned specialists will tell you what you need to do to address these 11 factors. You'll hear from experts like Jane McLellan, Dr. Paul Anderson, Dr. Neil McKinney, Dr. William Lee, Dr. Nasha Winters, and Dr. Isaac Elias. Don't miss out on this life-saving information. I also offer a free 15-minute cancer consult where we can go over where you are at in your cancer journey and how the cutting-edge therapies we offer can benefit you. Give the Carful Center call at 208-338-8902 or visit our website at thecarfulcenter.com. And that's what I was going to ask you about the gut, because when you have cancer, your gut is out of balance. And, you know, what is the first thing someone should do when they're looking at their gut health? I mean, it, it, I would assume test. It, tell me what you, what your first step is for people. I'm just going to take that back one step further. Yes. When you have cancer, your gut is out of balance. I'm just going to say when you have any illness, your gut is out of balance. Right. And this goes back to Hippocrates, who, when was he like 2000 AD or something, who said all disease starts in the gut. And science now proves that to be true, right? So all health also starts in the gut. If you have a healthy gut, you have health. If you have an unhealthy gut, then that can trigger disease. So yes, testing, it's a simple, uh, there's stool tests, there's urine tests, and we can assess exactly do you have mold? Do you have fungus? Do you have bacterial overgrowth? Do you have candida overgrowth? And once we know that, then we know exactly how to address that. And again, on the holistic side, I'm not addressing it with an antibiotic because one dose, not one course, one dose of antibiotics can put your gut out of balance. Mm. And how much antibiotics are we taking today? And not only how much are we ingesting ourselves, but how much are we getting through the food that we're eating from the animals that are being fed antibiotics to make sure they don't get sick while they're being raised to become the, on our dinner plate, right? Right. And what they do with older people, it makes me crazy because my mom, I was just talking to her and she had a, a bad cold and cough and it was some sort of virus. It was mm -hmm. probably more than just a little cold, but over the phone, her doctor gives her antibiotics. And I'm like, oh gosh, don't do that. But she wants to listen to her doctor. You know, it's whatever her doctor says. Yep. And she still sounds nasal and because it was probably a virus. Because if it's viral, the antibiotic isn't going to work. Exactly. And so then what do they do? Then they, they try another antibiotic or they increase your the strength of the dose. I know I've just been through the same thing with my daughter and the doctor's doing this. And then I'm just like, where does this end? Stop, right? So I think all first world countries, this is what happens. And again, societally, we're taught that our doctor knows everything and we get sick and we go to the doctor and they fix us. And that's why I'm saying, don't give up to the power to your doctor. Work in tandem with your doctor. They don't fix you. That's a lot of responsibility to put on another human being. They can guide you 
as to what they think it might be, but you can also get second and third opinions and you can see a holistic practitioner and see what they have to say around it because there are more than one way to heal. And just trying to wipe something out and mask it with a pill doesn't serve the body because what happens is the body goes, hmm, it's not what I wanted. I'm going to give you another symptom to make you pay attention, right? And then you end up going back to the doctor and they give you another pill. So this is how some people are on 8, 10, 12 pills all at one time. Exactly. And that's leaving their gut a mess. So how can they possibly heal? They can't. They're just going to have to keep staying on these pills and then more pills will be added because they have more side effects. It's a very slippery slope. If we don't go down that slope and instead we get to the root cause of what's going on, then we know exactly what to do in order to allow the body to heal. And I'm not a doctor. I don't diagnose. I don't cure. Those words are not in my vocabulary. I'm not allowed to use them, which is why I say I'm looking for the imbalances. Because when the body's imbalance, in balance, it can heal itself. That's what it is designed to do. But in our modern day world, we've got high stress, poor nutrition, poor sleep, causing imbalances. Both high stress and poor sleep also start to wipe out the good bacteria in our gut, causing an imbalance. So we have a lot of people with gut issues in the world today, and that is just the starting point of further health issues. If we instead take the time to heal the gut, we don't have to have those health issues get turned on. And that comes to epigenetics. You do have genes that might predispose you to something. However, just because you have those genes doesn't mean that something has to get turned on. So in that equation, it's only 5 to 10% of genes have a direct outcome on your health. 5 to 10%. Let's just say that again. Yeah, that's all. Right? How many times have women heard your mother had breast cancer, your sister had breast cancer, you're going to get breast cancer? That's awful. Everyone says that. Exactly. And it's awful because what does that do? That sets that up in your mind. That's why I want to say cancel, 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 right? Because then that becomes that toxic limiting belief in your mind running around in the back of your mind all day long. I'm going to get breast cancer, cancel, cancel, cancel. Or I have to get a total hysterectomy and a prophylactic mastectomy and all of that. Yes. Or I'll get cancer. Exactly. And that's not the reality. It's five to 10%. The other 90 to 95% are the lifestyle factors that are so important in your health journey, which our medical doctors are not taught about in medical school because this is all new science. And it takes about 40 years for something to get from being taught in medical school to becoming mainstream. That's how long it takes. And this is all new science. So these doctors aren't learning this yet, right? Right. However, the lifestyle factors your sleep, your stress, your exercise, your nutrition, your mindset, et cetera, et cetera. You have control over all of that. And you can then ensure that your body is in a healthy state, your inflammation levels are at a healthy state, so that the switch to the disease that you have a genetic predisposal to never gets turned on. Right. And people listening to this, you know, mostly they are cancer survivors, not everyone, people going through, people who know someone going through. But if we can help anyone prevent yes. cancer or any disease, yes. prevention is the best cure, right? Absolutely. So, you know, I'd love to hear from you. What are some things you do to to prevent disease? Just on a, you know, a regular basis, maybe just a few things that you do. So, yes. So as I mentioned, alluded to very early on, I am a cancer thriver myself. I did have melanoma. That mole turned out to be melanoma. We got it out. And so again, I decided I want to make sure this doesn't come back. And so then I took a greater interest in my health and that I started learning about cleansing And then that transformed into detoxing when I had a greater understanding of that as I got into my new career of health and wellness. So I detox 
every quarter. I started with the initial 21 day that I mentioned, which is where I start every single client that I work with. And now I do a seven day every quarter because the toxins are always coming in. So I want to get them out on a regular basis. I also fast one day a week. This is my fasting day. So this is a shake. It's got a mild detox formula in it. It gives me all the vitamins and minerals that my body needs. So I'm not going to starve today, but what it does is it's just a lower caloric intake to allow my body to get into a state of autophagy, which is deep cleaning. And we don't allow enough of this in our world today because in our first world countries, food is so readily available. If we go back to our hunter-gather days, they would have times of eating a lot and times of not having very much food, And right? And so their bodies got time to clean when they weren't eating. And that's what our body is designed to do. It can't be in cleaning mode when it's in digestion mode. And if we're always putting food into our mouth and possibly the next meal or snack goes in before the last meal was even finished, we're in digestion mode all day long. We're not giving our body time to deep clean. And deep cleaning is very important for our health, but also for longevity. So that's something that I've implemented into my life. Uh, I just literally, every week, I look at my calendar and I see which day is my busiest day. And I'm like, that's my fasting day. Because you know what? I don't have to make lunch today. Do you know how fast I can make a shake? Super fast, right? So if I don't have much of a lunch break between clients, I can sip my shake throughout Zoom calls and throughout the day. Perfect. Do you drink water as well and coffee and that kind of thing? Or So herbal tea, I got that here too. See my little green, my Tazo green ginger tea. So I don't drink coffee, never have in my entire life. I'm very sensitive to caffeine and therefore my body let me know very young that don't go there. So I don't even like the smell of it, the taste of it. Um, I do... I do like black tea. I really don't drink it. I'm a herbal tea all day long. And then yes, water. Um, I don't drink alcohol very often. On occasion, if I'm going out with friends, I might have a drink or two. It's not something that is really of interest to me. I choose other ways to zen out. So I love my yoga practice. I love getting out on my paddleboard. I love grounding outside, feeling my feet in the earth, just going for a walk. I do exercise. I love my exercise and I change it up. So I have a few days a week that are cardio, a few days a week that are strength training. And so I don't see clients until 10 a.m. every day because from when I get up until 10 a.m. is my time for me so that I can be looking after me and ensuring that I've got my workout in, that I've been able to spend some time grounding, that I've been able to do some meditation or some self-hypnosis so that I'm looking after me. And that's what I need to do to fill my cup before I can then serve my clients for the balance of the day. Yeah, I think that's so good that you're you're saying that. And I think people who don't have their own business and have to get up really early to work, they can still do, even if it's 10 minutes, 15 minutes, yes. do something for yourself to make yourself a priority. I think that's the biggest thing I learned during my cancer journey, that I have to make myself a priority. Yes. I don't have a choice. Exactly. Because if you don't, you won't have your health. And that's really the, and you know, that's the truth of it. That might be hard to hear, but that's the truth of it. Exactly. I consider our health our greatest asset and we should treat it like any other asset. And our two other greatest assets are our car and our home. Well, as soon as that engine light comes on in the car, what are we doing? We're booking it in to get it serviced, right? And better yet, we might not even wait for the engine light to come on. We might have a little sticker in the windshield that says, when you get to this many miles or this many kilometers, you need to bring me in for an oil change or whatever. And we do that, right? We find the money to fix the car if something goes wrong even if it wasn't in our budget. And yet we're unwilling to invest in our health, our house, our greatest asset. We renovate it. We take out the garbage. We vacuum. We fix things that are broken. And we find the money to do all of these things, even when we don't have the money to do it. Need a new hot water tank? You get a new hot water tank. Had a flood? You get it repaired, et cetera, et cetera. And yet we don't do this for our own body. And here's the kicker. You can buy a new car. You can buy a new house. You do not get to buy a new body. 
you have to look after the one you're in. Right. And if you don't have your health, you don't, you really can't appreciate anything. I mean, your health is the most important thing, just like you said, the most important asset. And I talk to financial advisors about this too, because of course, financial advisors are trying to help people save for their retirement, right? And build up their wealth, which is great. I totally believe in it. I do this too. And I ask though, what is the importance of your wealth if you don't have your health? And then the other side of it is, what is the importance of your health if you don't have your wealth? You also have to make sure that you have wealth. So when I went to see my financial advisor the first time, he had me living to 80. And I said, no, 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 you just push that back out. 100, please. <laughs> the way you're going. You have to plan for me to have my wealth for 20 more years than what you started at because you started at the average, right? So our health and our wealth are so intertwined. But here's another thing that I love to share with people because people are like, well, I got to save for my, you know, my wealth later. So I can't spend now on my health. However, you either spend now or you pay later. And the cost later is so much more. Mm, So true. Because in my research, I have found that the average North American spends the last 10 years of their life in a nursing home, 10 years. They say we're living longer. I'm not buying into that right now. We are not living longer. We are dying longer. Mm -hmm. Because once you're in a nursing home, you're not coming out. And that is not quality of life. Right. We want quality of life. The cost of that is prohibitive. Right now, one year in a nursing home is $108,000 a year. And that's not your medical cost. That's just your room, your board, and your meals. Right? Your medical cost, they can't tell you what that cost is up front because it's different for each individual. It's forecast to be $141,000 a year by the time we're at 2030, which is only seven years away. So if you're there for 10 years at $141,000, that's $1.4 million. What if I could give you those 10 years back because you take proactive care of your health now? And what if you get to live right to the end, like my grandmother did, fully cognitively functioning and active and enjoying her grandchildren, enjoying travel and dying in her sleep at 101? Sounds like a much better alternative. Right? And I know somebody might be saying, but I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. And yes, I know. And that's a limiting belief and a negative mindset. And so I invite you to shift that. (laughs) (laughs) And instead, believe that you have this time on earth You've got great things to do that only you can do. Why don't you give yourself as much time as you can in order to be able to do that? Love that. It's such a perfect way to end this and and go into random round. This is what this podcast is all about. Take your power back when it comes to your health. And I so appreciate all your your input. This has been great. Um, So are you ready? I am ready. (laughs) Fill in the blank. Freedom to you is? Being able to live my life my way. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. The last show you binged and loved? I just binged and loved the Netflix show, The Diplomat, with my husband this past weekend. It's only season one. And yeah, we loved it. Oh, good. Never saw it. When you're feeling afraid, what do you do? I face my fear, face everything and rise is my acronym for fear and stepping into it and through it is the fastest way to the other side. Love it. If you could have a one hour discussion with someone past or present, who would it be and why? I would love to have a one hour discussion with my dad. As I said earlier, he passed away over when he was 40, which was over 40 years ago. I was only 13. And my youngest sister was three. So while I have always been grateful that I got my dad for 13 years and got to know him, it wasn't until later as I met other adults that knew my dad as an adult that I realized I didn't know my dad as an adult. I only know him as a child. And so I'd love to have that hour-long discussion or conversation with him to get to know him as an adult. And what kind of cancer did he have? He also had melanoma. Oh, he did. 
What is your favorite go-to snack? I make pumpkin coconut banana muffins. And I love them. And I batch them up. I make two batches at a time and I put them in the freezer. And when I need a quick snack that'll keep me going, I love those. They're just really soft and so delicious. And because of the coconut and the coconut oil that's in them, they are really satiating. So they, you know, tied me over between meals when I need a snack. Ooh, that sounds so good. What is one simple thing that brings you joy? Getting out on my paddleboard in the summer, skiing down the mountain in winter. So just being surrounded by the mountains and outside. What is on your nightstand? Oh, so many books. <laughs> I also have some supplements on my nightstand, two water bottles, um, a lip balm. And right now I have multiple books there. I'm I'm rereading Radical Remission because I love it. I Another book, uh, Spiritual Sugar, is also by a cancer thriver who uh, didn't use chemo or radiation and healed herself through deepening her spirituality. And it's a workbook actually. And I wanted to check that out for working with clients and using it as a reference tool. I also have my journal on my nightstand and a couple night masks because it gets bright really early in the morning here, like 4 a.m. And I don't want to wake up at 4 a.m. So I use a night mask to make sure that I get to sleep my full eight hours. Wonderful. I have one of those too. In more detail than you wanted. No, I love it. I love it. <laughs> What is your favorite form of exercise? Oh, well, I have a Lululemon mirror. And I don't know if you are aware of that, but it has over 10,000 different workouts that I can do on it. And so I'm going to just say my mirror because I just get to go and on the day do whatever I want. So today I did a 20 minute cardio. I could do yoga. I could do bar. I could do Pilates. I could do a stretch class. I could do boxing. There's so many things, but just playing and being on my mirror is my favorite form of exercise. Sounds great. What is one thing you're really grateful for in your life right now? I am really grateful for all of the people that I have met through the pandemic on Zoom that I would never have had the opportunity to meet because it has just opened up my world to be able to have these incredible friendships and partnerships with so many other healers. And you're one of them. I would have never have met you if it weren't for, you know, meeting Anne and she connected us. And it's those beautiful connections that have been made through, through Zoom. And I'm really grateful for that. Oh, love that. I feel the same. And last is the best place for people to get a hold of you, your website? Yes, at yourguidedhealthjourney.com. And I want to let you know, I do offer a complimentary consult to anybody that is you know, in, ready to move forward and looking for the right guide to do so. So we can have a conversation and see what it is that you're struggling with and how I may be able to be of service with for you. And then I am also surrounded by a number of other healing practitioners and if I'm not the right person to guide you, I can absolutely refer you to others. And that's why I love to have a network of people so that it helps you really zero into what you need easily without having to just rely on Google all the time. Well, thank you so, so much, Melissa. This was such a fun conversation and I know it helped people so much. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Haley. I really appreciate it. And just giving people hope and letting them know that there is more than one way to heal and that the body is designed to heal. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Doing so will really help this podcast get noticed and will help us to inspire more people. And remember, the sky is the limit when you take your power back when it comes to your health.